0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: We're answering more listener questions on Dynasty Fantasy Football on Roto Viz Radio. What's up, Roto Viz? Welcome into the RotoViz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Caban alongside Curtis Patrick. We are two of the owners here at RotoViz. Looking forward to talking some more Dynasty tonight. I will, however, share with you, though, that my co host, Mr. Curtis Patrick, is having some technical difficulties over there in Ohio and, uh, you know, might have some trouble hearing me as we record this. Curtis, are you still uh, functioning over there? What's going on?
2: Yeah, I can hear you, man. I apologize in advance if my if my audio levels are disturbingly loud um, to the listening audience because I've, I've had to. It's just one of those nights, man. I Had to jack up my mic settings. I think one of my earbuds blew. I'm thinking that you know maybe my wife was in here jamming today or my son cranked this stuff up and didn't tell me. Um, but you know what, mailbag is always fun because we get to hear about problems and opportunities from the listeners. And I picked out a bourbon that I think is fitting. You know, maybe, maybe it's, maybe it'll fix my technical woes. Maybe it'll fix some fancy teams. Dave, tonight I've got Old Forester 1920 Prohibition style. And what's cool about Prohibition style bourbon is during the Prohibition, the only way to get bourbon was actually you needed a prescription from your physician. It <laughs> was the it oh, wow. <laughs> was the only legal way. That was the only, only legal way to get bourbon. Um, and so, um, it's the prescription for my situation. And, uh, we're going to dish some prescriptions for these dynasty teams, Dave. So let's get into it.
1: All right. Our first question comes in from a gentleman named Joshua who writes, Hey guys, love the show. This past season, I was in six dynasty leagues and was contention in five. I got four playoff buys first or second place. I tend to trade a first slash second pick or two during the season to improve my team, which makes sense to me. I lost four to five semifinals matchups this year due to the chaos of week 16 and due to the trade deadline and not being able to pick up Rashad Penny, et cetera, on waivers. Now I have lower draft picks and veteran teams at a time of year when other owners are thirsty for picks and veterans go for low prices. My teams are generally pretty good, but I feel like my hands are tied in some ways in terms of options for improvement. Am I doing this wrong? Um, I guess my first thought there, Curtis, would be, I think that actually sounds like a pretty successful campaign this year to me to get to the semifinals. I understand things didn't break your way, but sometimes what you really need to pay attention to is getting that far. Obviously, you'd like to push things over the goal line, but this doesn't sound to me like it was a failure of a season in any stretch of the imagination.
2: Yeah, let, let's separate it out. So first off, Josh, man, uh, gr- great season. It stinks that you didn't bring home as much hardware as as you probably were dreaming about as the playoff started. You're thinking like you came up pure this year. Yeah, I think there's a lot of teams that were, uh, a lot of dynasty managers that ended up in this situation. Um, and it sounds like you've played very well across your portfolio. Either um, you're doing a great job of adjusting you know, for the roster uh, settings, screen settings, et cetera, or, you know, maybe across your portfolio, you've just landed on a lot of the same players and your exposures all hit in the same year. And, you know, that's why you ended up in this, this position. So I would say it's not that you're doing it wrong. You're clearly doing something right. If you're making four out of your five dynasty semifinals. Um, but what I would say is, you know, I would need to see your teams Sometimes when I when I see a really veteran heavy dynasty manager, um, there's a tendency to be really concerned about having quality depth all the way down you know, to the end of the bench. I've got to have the best possible person to start on my buys. I've got to have great backups, et cetera. And if you're making those types of trades um, to to boost your teams with veteran depth, it's going to bite you in the long run. Um, we need to be OK with the idea that, you know, some of our depth is first and second year players that may or may not pan out. And if they do pan out, it might not be toward the end of until, uh, toward the end of the season. Um, that's really the ideal way to play dynasty. It's in some ways the way that we play, you know, redraft tournament style, um, drafts. It's, you you really want your team to be firing on all cylinders, you know, from week nine on. Um, and so, you know, without seeing some examples of your teams, it's pretty difficult to, you know, say you're doing it wrong. But what I would say is, you know, to kind of take that feedback and, and run down your teams. Do you have more veterans than you have starting lineup spots, for example? Or is your entire lineup full of players that are older than age 25? You know, those are a couple just quick screening tools that you could look at, especially for the non-quarterback and non-tight ends. So, you know, really just your running backs and your receivers. Um, and, you know, in terms of next steps, well, let's pause there for a second because I, I want to give you some next steps and some ideas for the trades. But, Dave, um, anything that you would you would add to that or uh, uh, or disagree with?
1: No, nothing I would disagree with. I guess the one thought that I had was the note that Joshua made about how he wasn't able to grab certain guys off of the waiver like Rashad Penny, guys like that. And I think without seeing the makeup, it might speak to what you're kind of getting at, which is. I think it might serve him well if he had a couple of more rotational spots that he's viewing in his roster where he could get some of those guys that go on that tear at the end of the season and try to proactively go after them so that it's not coming to this point where you know he's not able to get them when you reach week 14, 15, 16, so that you already have a couple of those players there hoping that one of them can emerge. Does it always happen? No, but if he's worried about it, that might be one of the measures he could take going forward to try to prevent being in that situation
2: yeah that's that's a that's another great way of putting it um kind of just different way of stating the same thing your your bench really should be made up of speculative potentially high upside players um the majority of your bench it's okay to have your first or second flex be you know one of these um you know low low value but um you know, uh consistent producers um just for the, you know, the bye week or the the injury disaster, you know, late scratch situation. Um in terms of moving forward, you know, you're absolutely right. You hit the nail on the head. You've obviously been playing Dynasty for several years um, because your note of owners being thirsty for picks right now and veterans going for low prices, it's spot on, man. And it's that dynamic's only going to be more true from now really through the NFL draft. So now is not the time to trade your veterans. It's going to be hard, man. It's going to be hard. You're going to be looking at your rosters, watching the other teams in your league improve, um, or at least you know have the uh, illusion of improving. You know, for some uh, for some managers, you know, as they add these rookie picks to their team. What I want you to do is really do your deep rookie research. I'm sure you have some third round picks, some fourth round picks. Can you trade? some of your players that don't have much value for more third round picks. Um, I, I want you to consider buying our dynasty uh, or our Rotoviz fantasy football uh, rookie draft guide. You know, we're going to go 50 plus players deep in every format. Um, we're going to have the deep research um, to help you hit on some of these players that are available, you know, past pick 24 in these drafts. So that's one thing you can do. There's other great sites putting out good rookie content as well. You know, we believe in our process, so strongly encourage you to take a look at that. Um, and then you're going to wait until training camp because invariably there's going to be veteran injuries. There's going to be rookies that look like they're not going to pan out. And that is going to be your time. You're going to have peer managers in your league freaking out that they don't have the right enough points in their starting lineup from the projections and whatever, uh, and whatever applet is uh, feeding their fantasy league. Then that's when you're going to strike. That is when you're going to strike and trade some of these players Um, probably for 2023 draft capital, you're going to be tempted to to get other players, but I, I really want you to trade some of these veterans for 2023, uh, second round picks, first round picks at that point. So, um, you know, patience is a virtue, Josh, and it's a, it's a recipe for dynasty success when you find your portfolio in this situation. Hopefully, uh, some of this feedback was helpful. And, uh, you know, hey, if you've got a follow up question, uh, shoot it by and we'll get to it next week, man.
1: Yeah. I agree with all of that. I guess the only other thing I would say at this point, too, just kind of in relation to what you were saying about the veterans is never hurts to just keep looking through that dynasty team, thinking about the role that you anticipate each player might have next year and just see if there's any way that there's a package of those veterans that you can unload if you feel like you have some redundancy in your roster. It's another thing you can do now, even if you don't make the moves now, you're just kind of planning out you know, making that short list of players that you might be interested in moving. And then the guys that you maybe want to monitor for when, you know, values change throughout the season, if a player's values dips, but, you know, you think that uh, he might have a a spot on your team. So that brings us to another question uh, from Android here, Android 70 on Twitter, who checked in with us a couple of times during the season, uh, who wrote to us, hey, guys, you mentioned looping back postseason as to where I ended up. I snuck in with the sixth seed at six and eight and promptly got stomped on by the number one seed. Do I make another run at it with CMC next year or try and move him for a quarterback and or wide receiver help? Thanks. So this league, I believe is super flex Curtis judging by, by his roster. Let's take a quick look at it. So for quarterback, there's Darnold Garoppolo Heinecke, Mayfield, Trask, and Wentz. Running backs Edmonds, Kylan Hill, Hubbard, Aaron Jones, CMC, Trey Sermon, Javante Williams. Wide receivers Devontae Adams, Nelson Aguilar, Robbie Anderson, Paris Campbell, Chase Claypool, Jameson Crowder, T.Y. Hilton, Calvin Ridley. Uh, running back, uh, excuse me, tight end Dan Arnold, Noah Gray, Chris Herndon, Tyler Croft, David Njoku, Ricky Seals Jones, Darren Waller. Um, How do you want to go through thinking about this, Curtis? Because that's a a pretty big roster, a lot of things going on there. You probably have a better idea of how we should frame this response than I do.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
2: Oh, I see this one crystal clear, man. I'm excited for this response. So, so first off, um, Android, it played out the way we thought, man. Um, you know, we were hoping that, uh, by, by not making a rash, uh, sell off and, and holding strong, would McCaffrey come back? Could you get hot in the playoffs? He didn't really come back, um, long enough. Uh, he did come back, but he didn't come back long enough in the Panther season, kind of derailed for you to get into the playoffs with this situation, um, you know, kind of a disaster at quarterback. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield missed um, plenty of games. Um, Carson Wentz didn't really have much upside as the team leaned on Jonathan Taylor. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, was spotty. Um, Heineke was spotty. Darnold got benched. Uh, but you, you made it work. Uh, at running back, you had a situation where you didn't have Christian McCaffrey and Javante Williams spent the entire season in a timeshare. At wide receiver, Calvin Ridley just decided he's done playing. <laughs> I'm just not going to play and Ben Roethlisberger's elbow um caved in and Chase Claypool didn't give us you know what what uh, we expected uh in, in a year where he really should have been making a leap and then Darren Waller missed half the season i mean things couldn't have gone worse for this team and you still made it into the playoffs um i believe that you had some rookie capital from our last check in with you i think you stay the course man because I, I i think this team gets better just by turning the calendar year uh turning over to 2022 man a full season from Darren Waller, a full season from Chris uh, Christian McCaffrey. If Ridley were to come back and play, Javante Williams is the clear RB one in his backfield. I mean, there are a lot of ways this team gets better just by, you know, getting healthy again. You've, you've got some rookie draft capital. I think it makes sense to spend, you know, if you've only got one first round pick, this isn't a, a year where I expect uh the quarterback class to be viewed as an elite class. Um, the, you know, everyone's, you know, kind of like in that B grade, but there's a lot of guys that kind of have that grade. And, and I think, you know, if you got a pick in the top 15, you got a great shot at one of the top four, one of the top five quarterbacks. And you can, you can piece together your starters in a super flex league with what you've got. You've got the depth. Baker Mayfield has already been named the starter for next season. That helps. Jimmy Garoppolo getting into the divisional round in the playoffs. He's going to be starting somewhere next year. I feel pretty solid about that. And the Colts might want to explore what they can do at quarterback, but Wince is probably the starter to begin the season. So there's not a hint of desperation. Um, you can add a rookie that can develop, even if you know he doesn't start in year one. And then in those other um, rounds, in rounds two, three, four, and on, let's just come in, especially at the wide receiver position. Um, you're getting a little long in the tooth there, so I want you to probably spend your second round pick on on a wide receiver. That's what I'm thinking. Um, and then and then best player available uh you know in the later round so that's probably my approach here i don't think you should get desperate and so and so McCaffrey you know we just got done talking about josh's team it's a wrong time to sell veterans man so you're going to be taking you know quarters on the dollar whereas you know next august rolls around and McCaffrey's probably more valuable than he is today again um Dave would you do anything differently here
1: no i don't think i would do anything differently here um my gut reaction i was reading through the reading through that roster was there's some names there. There's definitely some players there. This does not feel like the type of team that you need to blow up. Now, having said that, I'm not opposed to him going out there later in the year when other teams start looking at their roster and they start to get worried about what their starters are going to look like floating out McCaffrey for some type of upgrade, be it another strong running back in picks or another strong running back in and a wide receiver or something. I think that that you can definitely explore those options, but I would not move McCaffrey just for the sake of moving him and especially not at this point in time. The other thing I was going to say was this team looks to me like it could just be a piece or two away from really, really competing. So, you know, if there is a way that they could do something where, uh, you know, they consolidate either some of their low lower level players or um, a pick or two into just another like solid piece. Doesn't need to be, you know, an absolutely elite wide receiver, but one that they can rely on. That might be something to work at too. So I would be looking for incremental improvement with this team versus trying to blow it up. So we, we're on the same page.
2: Yeah, uh, as you talk through that, I think the one the one trade that I might try to make um, as the rookie draft approaches, or if somebody's got a lot of draft capital, um, you know, a lot of times these owners that accrue tons of picks, they don't necessarily plan on drafting all rookies with them. And they're, they're fine to convert some of it back into player capital. Um, looking at your running back depth, you know, Christian McCaffrey overall running back one to certainly in the picture, if he can say healthy um, Javante Williams, you know, we, we like in all of, all of his metrics and our advanced stats look great. You know, we think he's poised for a year two breakout, Aaron Jones, um, I think you know pairing him with a third round pick or even a later second round pick, um, you know you six seed. So you're you're talking like two oh seven. I think would be uh, your pick. Pairing Aaron Jones with a two oh seven to get another pick in the mid first, a mid to late first, I think could make some sense. Yeah. I think you've got Chase Edmonds there is is some protection, and then now you give yourself another upside shot. We know that first round picks only hit about fifty percent of the time in terms of being you know a multiple year fantasy starter. So I really like the idea of casting, you know, a uh, roll two dice um, there in, in the first round. So there's one specific trade that you could explore. I think he's the one guy that still has some name value, and the fact that you're you're throwing a pick in with him just for a round upgrade. I mean, the difference between a, a mid to late second to a mid first is pretty big. Um, that's going to be after a pretty major tier break. Maybe a maybe two tier breaks this season. So, um, there's, there's one that you can go explore. There's probably only a handful of owners you can actually have as potential trade partners. You try it now. There's no interest. You try it again, you know, maybe in March, um, after the combine and there's more information known.
1: Yeah. Nice pickup there of Aaron Jones, because while you were reading off that, uh, I, I looked back through this roster and I think you're right that he has the best combination of name recognition at the current point, but also a player that, uh, I don't think is going to be the type of player that needs to remain on this roster long term, and is probably trending downward. Uh, that I'd feel comfortable moving. So I think that that you identify the name there. Now I know this is going to be a shorter episode, but uh, with the technical technical difficulties, we got started a little bit late. And one of the things I had been thinking about talking about here, I think we're going to save for next week. But what it basically is going to be uh, for a little preview here is. I want to look at some of the wide receivers and the running backs this year, maybe even some of the quarterbacks and tight ends too, that were rookies this year, take a look at how they performed and then kind of put things in a historical context like we do sometimes using the Rotovis screener, doing some similarity searches to see how other players performed in their rookie seasons that were comparable to these guys, and then think about what that might mean for their future. So we'll be talking through guys like Elijah Moore, we'll revisit Jalen Waddell will look at Javante Williams, players like that. So I think that's going to be a pretty compelling, um, exercise to go through, which is something we'll look at next week. But Curtis, it's Friday. Looks like it's been a tough day for you. Why don't you give the listener some inspiration and, you know, you're, yourself a little pick me up at the same time.
2: Oh, I never need to pick me up, man. I, I could be real and share my situation, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm always staying positive. Uh, so you know, I, I just feel like we've got that relationship uh with the listeners that I can be real about my technical difficulties and they don't think that I'm ready to jump off a cliff. Yep. So um yeah, man. Um hey, I think uh, you know, as I was walking through the hospital this morning, uh one of my favorite um security guards um that works at the hospital, his name um is Demario. And he actually uh he played on Jim Trestle's Youngstown State national championship teams. Oh, that's uh, he's really brought in cool. his helmet and his rings and and I mean, listen, like If, if you want the, if you want the guy to hide behind in a crisis, like, yeah, Demario is your guy. So, uh, what he said to me today, you know, I, I always stop by and, you know, ask how his day's going. Said, Hey, I'm on the right side of the dirt. Um, and you know, I just, I just love it, man. I love it because if you can just start your day by being grateful that you have this day. Um think about the upside that that exists for you today. I mean, you're you're starting off with a base level of gratitude. So, you know, when you do that and if you can find a way to do that in the morning, you know, maybe you're appreciating the sunrise, maybe your coffee tasted great. Uh maybe your hair fell just right or the shower felt great. Whatever it is, find something to be grateful for early in the morning and then just pass that on to other people. It really will um brighten other people's day and you never know who needs that. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's just so much power in being the person that's putting that positive energy out there because, you know, every interaction that we make has that, you know, has that butterfly effect um, throughout, throughout, um, uh, uh, you know, your life, uh, you know, the area around you and uh, all, all the people that they will then come into contact with. I'm, I'm closer to this and a little touchy feely as a, a, you know, a healthcare worker, worker, um, you know, thinking about people's, you know emotional and spiritual well-being in addition to their, uh you know, their physical health. Um, but I think a lot of people can connect to the value of this from a mental health perspective. That's been a big topic um, over the course of the past two or three years as everyone gets more educated. So challenge for next week, wake up, find something to be grateful for, and then let that guide your day.
1: Oh, and of course I hit the wrong sound effect there. (laughs) He dumped it. He dumped it. Oh, man. Oh, man.
2: I'm grateful for your board running, Dave.
1: Yeah, me too. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Roto-Viz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at CabinF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. See, what I really need is an easier way to toggle back and forth between the different sound banks. Because I go to the middle like, sound bank... For the effects for the show, my intro and outro are on a different one. I either need to consolidate or just get better at flipping back and forth.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance.